All right. Hello, hello, my friends. You are listening to the Bad Blonde Radio Show on News Talk K-E-Y-S. You right there, Aiden? You doing okay? All right. (laughs) Today is a good day. I got my co-host. I would say he's early. More than on time. More than on time. I know. Way to go, Chad. Is there any time more than on time? I mean, you pop in here as the music plays most of the time. So, yes, this is like... I like to enter with Anytime you're early, it's double early. I like to enter with a a theme song. (laughs) With a zazz? A theme song, like a pro wrestler or whatever. That you sure do. Hey, oh, what was that noise? Uh, Chad, are you ready for the car show that's happening March the 25th at the American Bank Center? It's going to be wall-to-wall with the best cars in Corpus Christi. I am. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped about that, too. Looking forward to it. Chad's in charge of the judging, guys. So if your car loses or wins, you can follow him into the bathroom, not me. I don't think I volunteered <laughs> for that. I don't think I'm paid enough for that. You is. I'm just going to be shaking babies and kissing hands. All that fun. But, guys, if you're listening, you'll want to put your car in. I'm going to be shaking babies and kissing hands. Yeah. Wait, what did you say? That's what I said. Shaking babies? Yeah. Did you reverse it? That's what you're supposed to do. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to shake them. Not too hard, because then, yeah. But anyways, if you would like to register your vehicle, you got a cool car. We got a ton of categories. I mean, we have we have less categories than like three years ago, which thank God, because that was a major headache for me. But we got a lot of categories. You can put your car in. We got first, second, third, all the all the fun stuff. People's choice. And if you want to find out more information about it, check it out at CorpusChristiCarshow.com. It's really cool. There's a lot of vendors going on. Honestly, we had like limited space last year. Cars wall to wall. It was sold out. Yeah. It was pretty dope. Honestly. So check it out. I can't wait. I'm going to try and get some of the folks from a couple of different car shows. Hopefully the Volkswagen peeps can pop in. They're always a good time. Every year, it's getting better and better. Oh, without a doubt. More people are hearing about it. More people are coming in. For sure. Some people aren't coming in, but that's fine, too. Now, oh, yeah. And also, Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. Hubba hubba. Oh, I know. They were really nice. I got to meet them. I got a cool photo with them as well. I like, I like to read their books. Oh, yeah. Wonderful authors. Yeah. Just wordsmiths. <laughs> wordsmiths. <laughs> Actually, maybe they are. I don't uh, know. Yeah, you jerk. Just because just they're pretty. Doesn't mean they're not smart. I agree. Yeah, exactly. All right, guys, we got a pretty good topic to talk about today. All right. You know, this, it ended up being more interested than I thought it was going to be because a lot of people associate this car brand really as kind of like a grandpa's car. You know what I mean? But it ain't. We're going to be talking about the oldest car maker in the Western Hemisphere. The car maker that brought you turn signals and the car maker that's the reason there is a General Motors still today. Mm. If you haven't already guessed it, we're talking all about the birth in the early years of Buick. <laughs> so what do you think of when you think of Buick, Chad? Are you going to ask me why today's a good day for me? No, I've skipped that. Go ahead. No, I'm asking you why, what you think of Buick. I know your day is fine. Okay, Golly. Golly, I'm searching for a new co-host. Okay, Chad, how is today for you? How is your day going, brother? Well, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to try to get to the beach or something. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure because I'm not sure on the weather. It looked a little rainy, but 
It looks, Actually, it feels rainy. I think that uh, it's going to be a nice weekend, but why don't we find out for sure and go to media, uh, 1440 Keys' own chief weather metologist, Ernie Rector, bum. That's right, guys. We have a meteorologist. He's live from JP Luby. He is live. Let's go That's to him. Says. And- Hi, guys. Ernie Rector, bum here. JP Luby. <laughs> it's going to be a beautiful Corpus Christi weekend. Today is going to be cloudy with afternoon sun and a high of 79. Ooh. For Sunday morning, clouds, afternoon sun, wind, and a high of 80. Gosh, Ernie really has an old <laughs> Hollywood voice. Yeah, he's, he's an interesting guy. How old is he? So no need for the umbrellas, but don't forget the sunscreen. Also, fellas, hold on to those hats, and ladies, hold down those skirts, because <laughs> their both days are going to be breezy ones. Oh, wow. I'm Ernie Rectorbum, 1440 Keys, Chief Weathermetologist. Man, I didn't know 1440 Back to the studio. had the budget for their own yeah. weatherologist. Weathermetologist. Weathermetologist. That's what I don't get is why do these other stations have a meteorologist? Yeah, I don't know. What do we need to know about meteors? <laughs> what are they? Either, and he's like a meteorologist. Is that like meteorology, horoscopes, Virgo, and Pisces? <laughs> you know, you know what I want to know about what? the weather. Yeah, whether it's gonna rain, whether it's gonna snow, whether it's gonna be hot, or whether it's gonna be cold. <laughs> that's what I need to know, and that's why I go and I trust Ernie Rectorman. Oh, do we think? 1440 Keys, Chief Weathermetologist. Chief? Can you, yeah. Aiden, good job uh, handling the the call from Ernie. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ernie has a good point, man. You got to be mindful of what you're wearing as a chick in the breeze. Flowing skirts do not work. Or isn't a balding man. With a toupee. Or toupee, yeah. <laughs> Are you are those? going or the hat? We're okay. <laughs> toupees. Do they have toupees still? Dude, people those still are wear. Awesome. I haven't seen one in a while, but they're out there. I think I see one every now and then. Gerald texted in. He said, "I like that voice, Ger- Gerard. It is not a voice. That was an actual man named Ernie. That was Ernie Rectorbum coming live from JP Luby. Live at JP Luby. Yeah, I wonder what Ernie would have to say about our automotive topic. I don't know." We can get him to call in. Back? Hold on. You never answered. What, when you think of Buick, what do you think of? Yeah, I tend to think of um, post-World War II older person's car. Yeah, 100%. Like, it's an older demographic is typically purchasing, you know, the, the today's Buick. But guys, I got to be honest, this was a much more interesting topic than I thought it was going to be. It's pretty dope. All right, like I said, oldest car maker in the Western Hemisphere. Now, naturally, we got to go way back in time, okay? Founded by, Buick was founded by automotive pioneer. Does anybody really get to be pioneers anymore of any industry? Not really, right? The pioneer lady that makes cakes and whatever. God, he's pioneer a genius. Woman. He's a genius. I think it's a chick. <laughs> Anyways, founded by automotive pioneer David Dunbar Buick in 1899. Without a doubt, Buick stands as one of the first American automobile companies and would go on to being a major catalyst in in establishing General Motors. It is now the oldest still manufacturing car brand in the U.S. Okay, Oldsmobile could have had that title. They could have, but they're no longer around. Studebaker and Packard, not this, you know, Close, but they're not around either. 
That sucks. I, I know. Yeah, Buick was only two years old when his family immigrated from Scotland to Detroit. Scottish. I guess that's not that big of a change in weather, huh? <laughs> not really? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. He'd be enrolled in school but left A early. change in accents for sure. In the sky. I don't even know if I can do this guy. I don't. I just want to sound like Everything Colin. ends up takes to Connor like, McGregor. I just end up going British on accident whenever I try and do any accent. You be telling me. Yeah, I don't I'd have to practice. Like, yeah, yeah. He uh, enrolled in school, but he took off early to pursue a job in plumbing parts and goods. I say that's a good move. Right. Because, you know what? I don't care how technology changes. People gonna be pooping. <laughs> People always be pooping. I mean, plumbing's the way to go. Hey, seriously. Uh, soon, he and a partner would take over the plumbing parts company in 1882, and Buick would begin tapping into his talents of invention. Yeah. Creating such inventions as the lawn sprinkler. Homeboy did the lawn sprinkler. That's why your your grass is green. Is it? Yeah. When you see a Buick, think of lawn sprinklers. A vitreous enamel for cast iron. That allowed for lower cost production of white bathroom. Of uh, white the, you know baths. the like your cast iron. The old uh, bathtub. Porcelain weren't they? Porcelain. It was whatever. Or they did cast iron with a coating. They That's the porcelain. coating. Okay. He figured out how to apply that like at a cheaper cost. You know, like the clawfoot tubs you saw. And That's people are cool. still going. What? What is that? There's a company that goes and redoes those still. Oh yeah, Whatever his method is still used. Wow, Buick's method is still used in cast iron bathtubs. See, plumbing's where it's at. Mm. Everybody wants to take a bath too after they poop. Yeah, so that uh, his inventions and that plumbing company was a total success. Though Buick's attentions would soon be captivated by another industry. Around the turn of the century, internal combustion engines had absorbed Buick's attentions, and he was constantly experimenting, and evidently, while he was getting really interested in combustion engines, he was losing interest in plumbing parts. As uh, he got so uninvolved that his business partner was like, hey, let's dissolve this partnership. You aren't even paying any more attention. Plumbing can be a crappy business to be in. Bum, bum, where is our guy with the soundboard? Aiden, it's your one chance to shine. Can you soundboard us? A clap, applause, a bump, bump, shh. It's past. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> oh, you did him dirty. Oh, I know. All right. That His partnership dissolved. With the money and also now obviously having more time, Buick was ready to jump into the world of engine manufacturing. In 1899, Buick founded the Buick Autovim and Power Company, focusing on internal combustion engines. His initial thought was he was like, I'm just going to produce engines for agricultural use. But then he quickly changed course and he was like, I'm going to build a whole car. Mm. Fast forward to a few patents, a name change. And you have the Buick Motor Company. Yeah. Producing 37 automobiles in 1905. One important patent to cover was one of Buick's on-again, off-again engineers, Walter Marr. And apparently he and Buick shared hot tempers. And we will get into more of that. Yeah. Coming up. Hot tempers. He mm. came, he was in that company three times and they both argued and then they got out. Anyways, guys, we will be right back talking all about the birth of Buick. Stay tuned to the Bad Blonde Radio Show.
are back listening to the Bad Blonde Radio Show. We're talking all about the birth and early days of Buick, which is actually more interesting than you think. It's the oldest car maker in the Western Hemisphere. The reason that we have General Motors today, and they introduced turn signals to us. How about that, sports fan? Now, where are we? Left? I think that's a a lost, a waste of engineering uh, time here in Corpus. <laughs> yeah, nobody appreciates that. <laughs> nobody no, uses the <laughs> turn struggling signal. struggling pretty hard in there. No turn signal. No, no. Either that or they just they're too they just keep it on. They figure I'll just turn it on once. Oh. And I'll be good to go. Uh, exactly. There we go. Never have to do it again. Save time. Never have to do it again. Well, so uh where we left off in the story is actually where Buick ends up having one of their major they finally got the name Buick Motor Company and one of Buick's engineers and him, apparently they both have hot tempers. So this guy would come and go from the Bu- from Buick, um, Walter Marr, three times. Mm. Marr's valve and head patent would essentially be the genesis for overhead valve engineering as we know it today. It's a good thing he came back three times because <laughs> that's kind of a big deal. Uh, you get divorced and you get remarried. Look at... Uh, Do they... I Jennifer like, Lopez and Ben Affleck. Jennifer. I have no idea how you how those are. I they're back. So how are they by like engineer Walter Marr? They're basically who introduced patents valve like and head. The overhead valve engine of Hollywood. You know what? I, I may would, be stretching. Please elaborate I have no more. Idea. I please, don't even know no, what I'm talking about. No, no, no. Please elaborate more. I have more. no idea. I just like <laughs> I just like Jennifer. I like saying. I the only thing I like about that is that I pray that South Park can do another J Lo on <laughs> Cartman's hand episode. Taco flavor kisses. <laughs> Anyways, it was early on that a character who would honestly change the landscape of auto of the auto world and automakers for years to come would join Buick. That guy was William C. Durant, aka Billy. Billy became a controlling investor of Buick. And if that name sounds familiar, it should. He's the man who would be behind the idea of General Motors. And uh, Billy Durant was apparently very charismatic, a super salesman, and honestly, he just kind of was successful everywhere. All right. After After Durant joined Buick... Their production numbers quickly rose to 950 the next year. All right. They had only produced like 37 the first year. And then, I mean, I don't know the math on that, but it seems like by it, I don't know the math on that. But they went from producing 37 to 950 automobiles. All right. Then the next year, or I'm sorry, within a few years, by 1908, 9,000 a year. By that time, they were cranking out, and this is all because of Durant, frankly. They were cranking out more cars than Ford, Maxwell, and Oldsmobile. And those are all in like the style of the horseless carriage, right? Yeah, 1908. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also, like this is very early on. This is like still in the the birth of the automobile, frankly. Mm. And apparently, Durant was well equipped to turn Buick into the biggest selling auto brand in the USA. America. America. His fortune had been made in the carriage business, which is a good way to transfer over to the horseless segue (laughs) to the horseless carriage. Which basically, what that kind of means is they were the uh, coach builder. They built the body. 
like Ford and a lot of stuff would kind of handle all the no, framework I, and stuff. No, I get what you're... They, they were actually building the car horse car? carriages. Yeah, I know. Okay. But that kind of transferred over a lot of those guys oh, where they became the body manufacturers okay. for, yes. for the vehicle. They had the platform, but back then a lot of times you'd have a guy that would just make the body. a certain body for yeah. the car. Like okay. you had Fisher and a bunch of different other people that would come in and just specialize. Exactly. So like you could get a Cadillac, but it would be body by whoever. Exactly. Maybe yeah. Buick or maybe by Durant. Or I don't know. I see what you're saying. That's what I was trying to say. I got it. I got it. Um, where did I go? I don't know. Where did he go now? Anyways, he had come from that. He had basically come from the carriage business and he had turned that into a mega success. Yeah, he was basically a millionaire from that. And less than 10 years after founding this company. He had the money. He was uh, daddy big bucks. David Buick sold his stocks and took a severance, which made him a rich man. But money never lasts. It doesn't. Uh, this have is a where cocaine it, and gambling problem. This is where it gets sad. And this is why Chad's talking about this part. <laughs> I don't know if he did. I just made up the cocaine and gambling. He didn't. But apparently he had poor investments in land and oil. In a failed attempt to manufacture carburetors, and Buick became a destitute. Yeah. And then he passed away in 29 to colon cancer. I know. It was, okay, it made me kind of sad because there was also, I almost didn't include this. There's a quote about him by a commentator, Theodore F. McManus. And I almost didn't include it because it's pretty freaking rough. It's like a real rough quote about David Dunbar Buick. And I'm going to tell you, it could be printed on the back of the shirt. Fame beckoned, this is the quote, I'm going to begin it. Fame beckoned to David Buick. He sipped from the cup of greatness and then spilled what it held. Mm. Ow! It's like a poor cup designer, you have greasy hands. I don't know. That's pretty sad. Is that fair? It's pretty sad. I so, want somebody to do a sad quote for me one day. We could do that today. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man, that hurts. But honestly, though, Buick was not the only automotive founder that left his own company after coming into contact with Billy Durant. After Billy Durant basically took hold. Um, yeah. Race car. The other example is race car driver and engineer Louis Chevrolet, who had teamed up with William C. Durant on founding Chevy only to leave within a few years after a dispute, which you would see a common occurrence with uh, Billy Durant. Somebody got an argument, then they left the company. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, though, also, though, a lot of that was because Louis Chevrolet, he only cared about racing. He did not necessarily care about building a car company and selling cars. Homeboy just wanted to go fast. And uh, online, there's this great photo of Louis Chevrolet driving his race car Buick 60 Special, a.k.a. the Buick Bug. I don't know if I trust somebody with the name Billy Durant. Billy Durant. Just sounds kind of... It sounds like an old school cowboy. Fishy. Yeah. I guess Billy Kid. Shish, <clears throat> So with Buick being the number one car maker in the U.S., its success served as a launching pad for Durant to found General Motors in 1908. Durant started making a series of acquisitions, compromising of competing manufacturers. He was really the first one that did that. Yeah. He kind of, that is interesting though. Mm -hmm. All these, uh, if you look at the early uh, manufacturers in American motor cars, they all 
con congregated, conglomerated, uh-huh. conglomerated, conglomerated together. Conglomerate. Nash, Studebaker, blah 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 yeah. blah. All they all bought each other up and became eventually. But here, Billy Durant was like. Like 50 years ahead of the game, honestly. Yeah. All right, guys, y'all stay tuned. We're talking all about the birth of the Buick on the Bad Blonde Radio Show. My friends, you're back listening to the Bad Blonde Radio Show on News Talk KEYS, 1440 AM and 98.7 FM, Corpus Christi, Texas. You're just now tuning in. We've been talking all about the birth of Buick, all right? And how much more of an interesting story than we anticipated it has been, all right? Where Chad left off was how Buick was, at the time, the number one car maker in the USA. Mm. America. He was moving. And he was starting to uh, also conglomeratize. Do some acquisitions. Other manufacturers, which he put them as one of the first people. Yeah. The first to do that. Uh, the, definitely the first. So, but he also started looking into, uh, instead of competing with his manufacturers, he put a stop to that and had each company target a certain segment of buyers. Different prices. Yeah. Which is clever. Kind of what Volkswagen, like there's. Companies are still following his example today. Oh, for sure. Toyota and Lexus. Ford tried to do it, and they added the Edsel. They were like, oh, there's a market segment. There's a price Ford segment. Ford and the Edsel. Yeah. <laughs> Which was one of the lesser uh, Not a examples. success. Well, not a success. A Chevrolet Cadillac. Blah, blah, blah. It goes on. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so he had all his brands, Buick, Chevrolet, Oakland, Oldsmobile, and Oakland. Cadillac. Sharing General Motors' original and oldest platform, the GMA platform. So and so that platform would be the next the next generation would be the GMB platform GMC mm, so that was the first smart yeah I like the alphabet <laughs> so Durant had uh, this is what I'm working with guys he had purchased 13 car companies and 10 parts and accessories manufacturers a lot of growth with a lot of expense. A lot of money. And, uh, Durant may have overextended the company. Just a little bit. Possibly pissed off his board of directors. You don't want to do that. And when that happens, someone usually gets booted out, which is exactly what happened to Durant. Old Durant got the boot. But you know who don't play around? The heave-ho. Yeah, Billy Durant. Don't mm. be too worried, guys, because he would come back with a vengeance. Also, he did something important during his leave from GM. After he got booted out of there, this was the time period that he and Louis Chevrolet founded Chevrolet. And he would use Chevy's success and their sales to gain back control of General Motors and would then lead the company until 1920. Isn't that cool? Mm-hmm. I know. So, uh, fun fact. All right. We'd already mentioned like Billy Durant getting into arguments with everybody around here. But a fun fact, an argument between Billy Durant and Henry Leland is what would bring us Lincoln. Yeah. So World War One broke out and Durant, evidently a pacifist, absolutely refused to participate in any defense work. Leland was like, screw you. I love America. And he left the company to create the Lincoln Motor Company which was producing the Liberty Aircraft engines. How about that? 
Nice. Thanks for the arguments. All right. So side note, though, Leland is also the gentleman that turned one of Henry Ford's failed plants into Cadillac. So Henry Leland founded two of the most competitive luxury brands in America. Still competing today. I love that. Uh, that is interesting. I love it. I love Henry Leland. All right. He's one of my favorite automotive history guys. He also invented um, electric barber clippers. How about that? Uh, yeah. I got, I, I Anytime had those, you shave your head, your face. I had those used on my head yeah. not too long ago. Exactly. So aside from growing General Motors, Buick was also winning races. Buick was the winner at the first race ever held at Annapolis Motor Speedway. So um, anytime I'm like doing any kind of research or notes on old racing, it is so hard to not just go down a rabbit hole. Okay. Cause like every sentence, every other sentence you read about early racing is like John Mark's car exploded and somersaulted into a crowd of spectators, severed heads flew everywhere. It's, it's just impossible. I'm like, I, I totally like for 15 minutes just read about like all of the gruesome wrecks that were first happening at uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway, which we should do a show on at some point. Racing back in that time period was very, very dangerous. A recipe for death. <laughs> there was no safety. Most of the Ugh. cars really weren't capable of mm. even going. I mean, Turning at those speeds or braking at those speeds. Oh, yeah. Everything they were doing was not very, they weren't doing it very well. None there was no safety. It's like even at the Indy, they called it the Brickyard. That's where it's got its, its name. Mm-hmm. Was it was all paved or was it? Eventually, they paved it with brick. Yeah. But at this time, they in this time period, not yet. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but guys, so uh, this is a little bit, so... Later, but I have a good video on the Bad Blonde YouTube covering the Le Mans tragedy in 1955. That was horrific. That's got to be the worst day in motorsports history. Like 80 people died. So anyways, let's get off that subject, shall we? Let's stay on it. <laughs> let's get off of that. It's making me depressed. Let's get back to the history of Buick. Yeah, so 1910 would bring success across the world for Buick. International. Buick, international. International. So. Well, that's what the world means. Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> Buick was the prestige brand in the Republic of China. Still is, actually. Yeah. Interesting. And totally. enough. Driven by the emperor himself, Ching Wuming. Ching Wuming. Okay, no, this, let's, we, this oh, could, she, we probably shouldn't be doing this. No. <laughs> uh, who would have been the emperor during that time? Were you about? <laughs> Xi is current. M- Mao? Mm-hmm. Chairman Mao? I do not know. We're going to go with Mao. In the 1910s? Oh, the 10s. No, I don't know who that was. <laughs> but he was the emperor. emperor. Way to go. And any high-level citizens or politicians in China were cruising Buicks. Sporting uh, to this day, Buick sells 80% of its production to China still. That's wild. So they still dig them to Buicks. They, yeah, they'd be driving the Buicks. That's that's when you made it in China is when you're driving Although, a Buick. I think I've seen some of the models and they're kind of different, a little bit designed. I'm sure. Yeah. It kind of is a little tweak 
from what we get. And maybe they're selling all the good stuff to China. What the hey, man? Come on, Buick. I know some people are like, what, Buick's still around? I'm like, yeah, in China. Come on, Billy Durant. <laughs> Look me up with one of them Chinese Buicks. Uh, so not just the emperors of China loved a Buick, but they were also used for the king and queen, I guess, of the British. Yeah. During their 1939 royal tour of Canada. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which, that was like on the brink of World War Two. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the 1930s, Buick would bring a few major achievements to the automotive industry, okay? The overhead valve Buick Straight 8, synchro mesh transmission, and turn signals. And you wouldn't see, okay, so they put out 1930s turn signals. You wouldn't see turn signals on other brands till maybe like a decade later. Do you think when they came out, people were just like, what is this? Yeah, although, you know, I love turn signals. Oh. They make so much sense. Oh, yeah. So much. Indicating. So helpful. How about indicating there? Yeah. Remember? How about a good indicator? What were the ones that Where are you flipped, going? They had to flip out. What yeah. did they call those? What was I? Oh, I was driving something where I had to use my hands in the last two or three years. I don't remember what Do you what know the hand signals? Yeah. This means right, and this means left. And this means for stop. those who aren't watching, I just did proper hand signals. Yeah, it's they teach you that in driving school, but I don't think. What did this one mean? Stop, I think. Oh, okay. In That's case me. you don't have brake lights. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. That's funny. That's a hoot. So it's it, people <laughs> judging by the drivers today. They don't. I know. don't think they even have driving school anymore. What I was about to say. What is the current standards for passing mm-hmm. a driver's test? Nothing. I'll be honest, I don't really remember my driving school. I may have not gone to one. I don't really know. I think I passed the test. You went to one. I, I don't think they... I think you could do it on, like, at nah, home. You had to have hours. Because I was never in a classroom. You may have been able to have a parent. I, I think our mother fudged. Nah, you could have, okay. a, like, a parent. I remember doing it. Were you in an actual class for your driver's school? Yeah. Does anybody remember their driver's school that's It was like listening? Texas driving school, and I, I snuck in, and I went with the manual car because nobody was like <laughs> wanted to drive the manual car. You're so all, like, I got this. Sometimes you would have to wait all this time or sign up and try to get in yeah. the car because there was like four people per car, and yeah. you had to have a certain amount of hours. But nobody wanted the manual car, so you could get all your hours out like super quick. So I was like, give me the manual car, and I could drive a manual. Did you feel special? I just didn't want to be there. Yeah, I respect that. I mean, I didn't care either way. Does anybody remember their driver's ed classes? Tell us your thoughts at 882-5397. That's 882-K-E-Y-S. Oh, my God. He's so good at remembering our phone number. Yes. Way to go. I did it. I honestly, I just, I never spent time in a classroom. Aiden, you you up? See you up? Um, Barely. Yeah, I'm here. Where did you go to driver school? Uh, just regular uh, Corpus Christi driving school, I think, or Texas driving school. I forgot. I, I don't even forgot the name. I think Man, I, I went on to it. one of those. The I think same there's got to be only one or two here. It was on. I think it was on Weber. Yeah, that's the one Weber I went Holly, to. Somewhere around there. Yeah, that's where I went. Interesting. Interesting. It's, it was funny because one of the cars I was in had uh, they put like brakes on the other side too, on the oh. passenger side. 
Really? For the instructor? They, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's really... I would not want to be a driving instructor. Hell no. Uh-uh. Anyways, we got a nice little text regarding Buick from George D. He said, good morning, guys. My grandfather had a 56 Buick, and he would let me drive on the back roads. I was 11 years old at the time, and it was awesome. Have a great weekend. Thanks, George D. That I see those are the kind of memories that you just love. You know what I mean? You know, um, on the subject of Buick and William C. Durant, a.k.a. Billy Durant, we could do an entire show on him. Because after he left, he'd leave Buick in 1920. Homeboy went on to be a Wall Street powerhouse. Mm. Uh, you know what they say? They say uh, two things you can't hold back. A uh, Man, he's just, you can see his little, his little, the flint striking in his head right now. Charging bull and the. Billy Durant. Billy Durant. That's what they always say. I don't, they don't say that. I, I just saw you make it up in your own head, <laughs> which was kind of impressive, guys. There was a little bit of smoke a, that came out of Speeding train. Ears. And Billy Durant. And Billy Durant. You can't. So, uh, I think, what's your favorite, what's your favorite little piece of history on this, Chad? Mm, I wasn't paying attention. I know. I could tell. I should You were have. texting on your... Chad was smiling and texting on his phone I should have paid attention ago. this whole show. Uh, I, you know, it's just interesting. Actually, kind of them becoming one of the first to uh, yeah. start to incorporate other companies into them and then and then realize and segment their brands or however. Pricing, so you yeah. Have, you, know, you have your budget brand and mid-class, mm -hmm. all that, which you see still to this day from manufacturers and everything well and he so he basically brought that idea over from his successful carriage company his horse carriage company because he did all that all the parts and all that and a few others and he essentially did what general motors is in the carriage industry yeah and it, it it's uh applicable applicable what different, was uh, potable what was the last potable 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 Potable. Why were we talking? Oh, we were talking about nuclear submarines. If y'all were listening to like the last, yeah, was it the last show we had on Ford's Nucleon, the nuclear reactive mm -hmm. car? And you said potable? Potable water. <laughs> All right, guys. Aiden said we got a little break. Y'all stay tuned listening to the Bad Blonde Radio Show. You are back listening to the Bad Blonde Radio Show. And if you're just not tuning in, well, sorry. You have missed a tremendous amount of actually interesting history about the Buick. You're really slow rolling that music there, Aiden. <laughs> I think he caught a stare. <laughs> oh, my God. So part of the, the only reason I show up to this radio show is I can just watch. I can observe Aiden. All right. There's like a glass mirror in between us and him in the producer studio. He's just a magical beast. I I don't get to see him. No, Chad's face, his back is facing Aiden, but every once in a while. We could I both can... sit on that side and just stare at Aiden. <laughs> oh my God, would I love it. I love, yeah. If you're just not tuning in, we've talked all about the birth and the early days of Buick, which is more interesting than you'd think. And if you want to watch a full video with um, actual photos 
of the gentleman in the cars we're talking about, you can check out the Bad Blonde YouTube. So I just make one of the, I make basically what we talk about to into a 10 or 15 minute video and I post it on there. Talk about it. Yeah, talk, talk about, about it. it. Something else I need to remember to talk about is that we got a car show coming up. Mm. All right. The Corpus Christi Car Show at the American Bank Center, wall to wall of the coolest cars in Corpus Christi. All right. Chad and I will be there. Chad's in charge of judging. So if you're mad, he's the one to get mad about. Until we got a couple of car categories. You can register your vehicle at CorpusChristiCarshow.com. I'm pumped. This will be the third year and I can finally enjoy it. I'll be honest. It's been a little stressful the last few years. I'm not ahead of judging. Yeah, you you think that it's unstressful because you're going to put that on me. And, yeah, know, that's exactly what I think. Because I will just give. I'm not a judge. Tell people you're accepting bribes. I am accepting. Make bribes. it easy. There we go. Oh, you got it. You got a ten spot. I need to monetize okay. it. <laughs> you know, the rest of the world is all pay to play. Why shouldn't this car? No. <laughs> no this car is not that. Great. Guys, slip chat a twenty, and you'll get first place. No. So interestingly. <laughs> The 2023 U.S. Vehicle Dependability Study by, I think, J.P. Morgan? No. Who is J.P. Ele- Powers? Yeah. Who is the power? Dang it. J.P. Electric? No. Anyways, continue on, dear sir. We need that Google person. What is that? J.D. Powers? J.D. If Aiden paid attention, we could use him as a young Jamie. J.D. Powers. Aiden does not. J.D. Powers has listed from 2017 to current, Buick is rated the fourth most dependable car. Who's the first and second and third? Lexus, Genesis, and Kia, interestingly mm. enough. Well, I mean, Alexa, Lexus is basically Toyota. Yeah, and Toyota's right up there. Yeah. Uh, I don't really understand. I was reading how they tried to... How interesting. ...to do these rankings. Yeah. And it's per 100 units huh. sold... Per time, I'm not sure. Toyota's going to sell way more cars than Lexus. Oh yeah, and all of the others. Yeah, yeah. It was an interesting uh, thing. Some of the manufacturers. I didn't know Kia was going to be up there. Well, Kia and Hyundai are basically the same. Potato, potato. Yeah. May I remember them Kia boys? Well, they make uh, all their stuff is yeah. They're basically Audi, Volkswagen or something. Yeah. Except same, and they've come a long way. Same, same, but different. Uh. 15 years ago, 18 years mm-hmm. ago, they were not very good, mm-hmm. but they've come a long way. So they're, uh, they're competing now. Nice. It's also interesting. I was reading about Buick sales is they're very big in Singapore and stuff too. Really? Yes. I did not know that. So they have a whole other world market. Yeah. And just America. Cause you well, really, I was surprised by the Corpus, numbers. Do you, do you think you see that many Buicks? Heck no. Yeah, no. I don't think I see. No, but yeah, I was surprised that it, today eighty percent of Buicks are in going to China. That's a shocker to me. I guess if you see your emperor rolling in a Buick, you want oh, on, dude rolling down on twenties. That's a hundred percent swinging, swinging, swinging. That is exactly it. There's generations in China that have seen their emperor and their high, you know, high profile politicians, et cetera, driving Buicks. And so that's gonna that's gotta last for a while. How interesting. And I think kind of the Buick thing, unfortunately, with some other stuff too, is uh, after World War II, American car companies really 
rode the wave of nationalism. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of those, the greatest generation, are dying off. Uh-huh. And the American car companies really... They got to... They did not keep up with their standards. Yeah. And now they're trying to catch back up, but they really... They really got lazy during the 80s and stuff, oh, most yeah. of them, because they were just riding that yeah. that greatest generation nationalist wave because yeah. nobody would buy from Nobody Europe. wanted to buy a Japanese car. Or a German car, yeah. which are basically the two largest automotive manufacturers in the world. It's yeah. Volkswagen yeah. and uh, Toyota. Yeah. So you knock those people out. And, uh, and Honda, Honda, Japanese as well. Good. Yeah. Right now, Toyota and uh, Volkswagen are the largest mm -hmm. uh, producers of cars. Knock those two out, and you're like, whoa, we just put out whatever we want. <laughs> yeah. Here, here's some junk, Not and people anymore. will still buy it. Like when but, we were talking about uh, Lee Iacocca's K-Platform cars, mm -hmm. and it was a good point that, like, yeah, it did well because also nobody was trying to buy Toyotas because they were still mad at Japan post-World War II. Yeah, now that's pretty much gone. Yeah. And they're putting out a good product. Yeah. And it's good because competition uh, really forced the American manufacturers to up their game and, and not put out chunk. Or they would probably be out of business now if they kept the, the model oh, yeah. they were going with. No doubt. So wait, I asked you what was the most interesting thing that you thought about this. What was it? We got sidetracked. Uh, well, time. I was thinking interesting. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff, but it, how they number one, how he started uh, uh, segmenting his markets. Yeah, was was cool, and that's still going. But are you going to ask me now? Yeah. Okay. Good. What is? What do you think is the most interesting thing? I think it's so interesting how like these like get it, these some these the discord and rivalries birthed. A couple still to these day car makers. So he gets booted out of Buick in General Motors. Billy Durant runs off, finds Louis Chevrolet, builds Chevrolet. All right. Also, him and uh, Henry Leland of Cadillac get into a fight. Leland says, fine, I'm going to go get a, gov a government loan and start building Liberty Engines, which would be Lincoln Motor Company. I love it. I love yeah. all these petty feuds have turned into car brands that are still today yeah i've always said you uh you can't stop a hurricane and you can't stop billy durant <laughs> also like what so do you think it's billy durant was the problem or do you think these other people he apparently is i don't the think he was the problem he's the the spark plug for the creation the genesis yeah, I don't think it was a problem. I think it was a force. Um, he just also, wanted it his way. Well, yeah, Louis Chevrolet just wanted to race. He didn't. He was like, uh, "This is a lot of responsibility. I don't want anything to do with it." Henry Leland saw an opportunity with World War um, One. Yeah, World War One. Also wanted to support the U.S. with um, wartime efforts. Anyways, well, that's it, guys. We are done with our show. See you next Saturday, 10 a.m.